Hello, and welcome to episode 403 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, as always, joined by the Lord of your top 150, the Lord of your tiers, your sleepers, your shy away list. It is Evan Silva. We are one week away from the NFL preseason opener, the Hall of Fame game. I got to be honest, I am at a full 3.9 inches. Evan, how are you this afternoon? Oh, my God. It's a week away. A week away. Gosh, man. It's wild. It, it, uh, the the summer went too fast, but um, hey, we'll we'll be able to we'll be able to bet on it and uh, play some DFS lineups and uh, <laughs> let's go. I guess. I mean, we we don't have any other choice. I mean, honestly, my favorite thing to do is gamble on football, like period. And so, like, <laughs> like you know, vacation, all that, all that stuff is fun. You know, yep. uh, I know Evans has been going to Cubs games a lot. That all sounds fun for me, man. It's just gambling on football, so it's a great time to be alive. On today's I've, I've started to just give away tickets. I mean, you know, <laughs> hey, you want them? You, you can have them. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, sounds like a good use of capital. Okay. Uh, on today's show, we are going to talk about the ultimate water cooler topic. And that is, of course, it's round one of your fantasy football draft. Who are you taking? You know, who are you taking first? Who was your first pick, bro? And, and you know, I joke a lot about it, but honestly, I do get the obsession with round one. There is just so much opportunity cost in round one. You know, even if a lot of these guys project similarly, even if we think it's really tight between them, you want to get it right because these round one guys have the talent slash role combo to really carry a team if things go well, carry a fantasy team if things go well. So today we're going to try to help by revealing our personal top 12s as of right now. Obviously, it's July 26th as we're recording this. They will certainly change and will likely change before week one. But we're going to reveal our personal top 12s and discuss some holes that we can poke in the players range of outcomes, et cetera. Before we get into it, note this podcast is brought to you by underdogfantasy.com. They have an absurd two million to first, one million to second fantasy tournament, best ball running right now. If you use promo code ETR when you sign up, they will match your first deposit up to $100. It's really great practice for your home league. Honestly, like, it, you know, it's worth it to me uh, instead of doing the free mock drafts to pay and get in these uh, actual best ball drafts where it's competitive. So visit underdog fantasy, promo code ETR for up to $100 in free entries also our preseason dfs product should be live uh it's either live now as you listen to this or it will be live very very soon myself cody galen a bunch of other people in there helping us grind for all 32 team depth charts injuries etc and we're gonna have projections for all the players also if you want to uh, use an optimizer so yeah exciting times preseason dfs god's game if you will all right Let's get into it here. Um, we are going, when I refer to ADP here, I'll be referring to underdog ADP because I think it's the most efficient right now. It doesn't mean it's the way it will be in your home league drafts. In fact, I think your home league drafts will be softer, especially towards the middle and back end, but we'll have more content on that as home league drafts get closer. But basically, we're just going to reveal our top 12. I will start with my case for number one. And my number one right now is Christian McCaffrey. And, and you know, I get that he's only played in 10 games over the last two seasons. And I get that's why there's even a debate here, you know, but is he more likely to get injured this season than anyone else because he's been hurt the last two seasons? You know, there's data on this and the answer is yes, but it's not black and white. Yes. A lot depends on age. McCaffrey's only 26, the types of injuries that he's had and the recovery time that he's had. And again, I, I think all that is in CMC's favor. Again, he's only 26 years old. The injuries he's had over the last couple of years are like relatively minor things, ankle, shoulder, hamstring, the other ankle, you know, nothing like an Achilles 
or an ACL or a Liz Frank. And so I like to draft as if I'm right. You know, I'm not, I'm going for first place. I'm not wearing any condoms when I draft and there's just no humanly way possible. You cannot say that CMC is number one overall pick. If you project him for anywhere near 15, 16, 17 games. I mean, even last year, you know, 27 DraftKings points in week one, 25 in week two, the injuries set in, but then he returns in weeks 10 and 11, 26 DraftKings points, 25 DraftKings points. I mean, it's absolutely absurd. When he was healthy for a full season in 2019, Christian McCaffrey finished 120 points clear of any other running back. And that was with Teddy Bridgewater and Kyle Allen and late career Cam. I think Baker's better than all those guys. And so, you know, I get the injury concerns. If you're uncomfortable with it, I'm fine with you passing on him. I won't be passing. I'll be taking <laughs> Christian McCaffrey first. Evan, go ahead with your number one overall pick in your top 12. Yeah, and Baker Mayfield adds at least a level of stability to the offense that Sam Darnold certainly would not have. Um, and so I think that, that Christian McCaffrey benefits from that. I've shuffled my top four around. I think that there's a clear, well, I don't, I don't know about super clear, but f- somewhat clear top tier when it comes to the number one overall pick in 2022 fantasy drafts. And I think it consists of Christian McCaffrey, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, and Jonathan Taylor. And I had Jonathan Taylor one for a while. And I thought about putting Cooper Cup in there. I think you can make a really good argument for Justin Jefferson up there. But I settled on Christian McCaffrey in part because of the position scarcity at running back. Um, But uh, mostly because every single week that Christian McCaffrey plays, he is the favorite to finish as the RB overall RB one in any PPR scoring format. Oh yeah. You know, um, he's got so much more and Jonathan Taylor has, has been a fine receiver. I mean, he didn't catch a lot of passes at Wisconsin, but he's been a, a fine receiver. I thought he took a big step in the passing game last year, but Christian McCaffrey blows him out of the water still as, as a pass catcher. Um, the offensive line has gotten a little bit better. In Carolina, I mean, Matt Rule's out here, you know, he wants to establish it. I mean, so the touches are going to come fast and furious for Christian McCaffrey, and I've got him as my 1.01 overall as well. All right, good. Let's go to number two. My number two is Cooper Cup. Uh, Obviously, there will be some regression when you have a historic season like Cooper Cup just had, 145 catches, 1947 yards, 16 touchdowns. I mean, just outrageous but I don't think this was any kind of fluke whatsoever the role Cooper Cup has with a quarterback like Matthew Stafford who makes fantasy wide receiver dreams come true I mean remember before Cup it was Calvin Johnson and and before that it was or after that it was Kenny Galladay I mean that's who Stafford was helping get to fantasy superstardom the floor on Cooper Cup is just outrageous in that slot plus role and so if you want to say hey I want my first round pick to be safe to me, the wide receiver plays are safer than the running back ones. The injury rates are less at wide receiver. The players are not as replaceable. They don't come off the field on third downs, a la Jonathan Taylor, Joe Mixon. You know, safety to me is Cooper Cup catching seven balls every week. And it's hard for me to see scenarios where Cooper Cup doesn't catch seven plus balls every week again this season. So number two overall for me is Cooper Cup. Evan, who do you have at number two? Yeah, Cooper Cup. Oh, baby. I mean, that, that was their first season together, too, by the way. You know, mm-hmm. it's, that was Stafford and, and Cooper Cup's first season together, and he went for almost 2,000 yards, 145 catches, and 16 TDs. 
And, you know, one of the cases that I, I've, I've kind of made for, you know, in favor of Allen Robinson being a good pick this year is that there really isn't very much target competition for these guys with the Rams. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about Tuju Atwell, who gets blown away during games as the potential number three receiver. Crazy. You know, they, they don't throw. I mean, Matthew Stafford is an aggressive downfield passer. What really st- stood out to me in their first season together wasn't just the, the, the statistics, although they were eye-popping. It was how Matthew Stafford helped Cooper Cup become like an intermediate to deep threat in their first year together. You know, I mean, before he was just a really good slot receiver with Jared Goff, like really good. But, I mean, he became like a three-level threat in their first season together, and I don't see any reason to, to believe that that's going to slow down. Number three for me is Justin Jefferson. And we've talked about this plenty already on pods this week, but when you remove Mike Zimmer and the Boomer staff, you bring in Kevin O'Connell from this Rams forward thinking McVay staff, we can expect, we can project a bump in pass rate over expectation, which is obviously good for Justin Jefferson. I think we can also expect more three wide receiver sets, which isn't as good for J Jeff, but note that Adam Thielen will turn 32 in August and he's really declining in most advanced Mm -hmm. metrics. Jefferson, of course, is, still ascending, which is insane because in his first two NFL seasons, he has 196 catches and 3,016 yards. I mean, he's now entering what I would consider his prime at age 23 with the quarterback he has chemistry with and with this more modern pass-centric scheme. And so I know a lot of people are going to say, hey, we need safety of running back here, but I think Cup and J-Jeff are just really, really, and even safer than running back, as I already mentioned. So J-Jeff is number three for me. Evan, who do you have at three? He's also number three for me. Um, Jay Jeff is, I mean, just an absolute baller. And it sounds like, you know, the the term layup targets is one that Matt Harmon uses. And, and I, I really like that term. And it sounds like, you know, in, and, you know, he's described Cooper Cup as being the absolute king of the layup targets. Just easy catches, yep. you know, run after catch opportunities. Stuff that's like, you know, 80% catch rate, you know, maybe even more than that. And it sounds like the Vikings are definitely going to get Justin Jefferson more layup targets. You remember he played primarily slot receiver at LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been winning outside to this point. Now they're going to play him more inside. I mean, it's going to be a really fun year for Justin Jefferson. Yep. Eagles fans still let me know uh, every day that they want Howie's head for taking <laughs> Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. All right. So it sounds like we both have Jonathan Taylor at number four overall. And I think that will raise some eyebrows because most people started the process. And Evan said he started the process with Jonathan Taylor, number one overall. I I wouldn't fault necessarily anyone for having Jonathan Taylor, number one overall. I wouldn't do it because to me, it's about a lot of the stuff that we talked on the show with Dwayne about last week. You know, Naheem Hines is very clearly the pass down back. And I thought JT really benefited from game scripts a ton last year. You know, will will NDB winning so many games and be leading in so many games again. And will they get inside the five-yard line as often as they did last year and be stopped there? I mean, Jonathan Taylor had 26 carries inside the five-yard line last year. That was 10 more than anyone else. He scored 11 times on those. Just so absurd. And, you know, I'm not trying to, like, say bad things about Jonathan Taylor. I have him fourth overall, and I agree with Evan that there's a tear break after this in round one. His talent is incredible. Scheme is obviously very good. But I just prefer the other three guys ahead of him from a role perspective. Anything to add there? on JT Evan. I really don't. Um, he scored 28 TDs in his last 23 games, took a step forward, I think, as a, as a receiving back. Last year, they used him in more receiving-oriented situations. Now they're kind of talking up Naheem Hines. Um, 
They've still got a good offensive line, but they've got question marks at left tackle and at uh, right guard. Um, they, you know, they've got position battles there. And so there, there's not a lot of clear, not as much clarity up front for Jonathan Taylor and Jonathan Taylor, you know, part of his success has been the offensive line's ability to get him onto the second level where he's just, you know, he can bust long runs, you know, as he often did at Wisconsin and he often has over the past like year and a half. Uh, but there are just enough question marks and just enough role limitations here for Jonathan Taylor to round out the tier as opposed to lead it. All right. So I'd rather have a top four pick, I think. But if I get into this five, six, seven range, I'm actually okay with it. Five, I have number five overall in my rankings. I have Austin Eckler. And yes, I think Isaiah Spiller will play plenty. But when we think about the archetype of running back I want to draft, it is Eckler. He had 25 carries from inside the 10-yard line last year, tied for sixth most in the league. And another 12 carries from inside the five-yard line, that was tied for seventh most. And then he also had 94 targets for a 14% share. I mean, just absolutely massive. So given Justin Herbert, I think natural ability and Brandon Staley's aggression, just how much talent they have on this team, I don't see much reason for Eckler to do significantly worse this year, maybe worse in touchdown rate. But other than that, I think it's really likely that Elson Eckler will do what he did last season. The risk, of course, is that they use Spiller more on pass downs, but that's really hard for me to see. And so Austin yeah. Eckler, I feel good about him at five overall who do you have fifth evan yeah i think that you know as we mentioned there's a little bit of a teardrop here and i think that there are i mean you could go pretty deep i mean you could go five six players to to be like the second to, to be in the second tier uh, but i also have austin eckler out in front 22 touchdowns over his last 18 games average i mean he, he averaged almost four and a half catches per game last year the offense is bankable and I think the trajectory of the offense is even arguably still on the rise. Yeah. Um, I, I really like the complexion of their offensive line as well. Tom Telesco has done a great job building that up. Uh, I think he's a high floor, high upside pick. And, you know, that's what we're that's what we're trying to get really with with all of our draft selections. Yeah. Chargers, honestly, man, like might have on both sides of the ball, lines, pass rush, offense line. Like they might have like the most talent top to bottom in the entire league. I mean, they're just so loaded. It's crazy. Um, okay. We are first five picks. We are all have same. We are going to start to disagree here a little bit, or at least differentiate at number six. Overall, I have Jamar chase, you know, I'll forever remember Jamar chase's rookie year. You know, we were super high on him. We didn't back off because of the training camp drops nonsense. I had my biggest DFS score ever with a burrow chase stack. I, I just love the guy. The only reason I don't have Jamar chase in that cup J Jeff tier is target competition and kind of easy targets like Evan already talked about. And I think there's some risk that Cincinnati continues to play slow. I mean, from a target competition standpoint, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are both very, very good. And then last year, since he was 24th in plays per game. Now, I think they'll improve on that because they'll unleash Burrow more. He's healthier now. They have an improved offensive line. But it's not a lock that they'll play faster. And so, to me, J uh, Jamar Chase is a tier below. But I do have him above Steph Diggs, Dalvin Cook, some of these other guys. Devontae Adams, some of these other guys that I think people consider taking at sixth overall. Sixth for me is Jamar Chase. Evan, I think you have someone else here, so go ahead with your sixth. Yep, Dalvin Cook at number six. And, you know, I understand people are getting tired of the injuries, uh, but if you look at his underlying metrics, and you can find them in the Vikings team preview, which is posted at EstablishTheRun.com, Dalvin Cook is still really, really good at football. Um, 
I like the fact that the Vikings are going to throw more this year because football outsider has football outsiders has shown that a running back's injury risk is greater with, with more carries. And so they've always encouraged, you know, teams to uh, throw the football more to running backs, get them out in space where they can, you know, try to make people miss and then have to, you know, bang between, you know, find themselves in, in massive pileups uh, between a, a bunch of 300 pound guys between the tackles. Um, still really good. I think the Vikings are going to score a lot of points this year as well. Mm-hmm. And, and he can benefit from that. I do like Alexander Madison as a late pick. Alexander Madison can play. And I think that he may have a bigger role this year. Uh, but I, you know, I, I think that Dalvin Cook is going to get just plenty of touches in a high scoring offense, and he's still really good. And I'm surprised that his ADP is really like it's like a, around 11 mm-hmm. right now. Um, I have him at number six. Okay. Yeah. I'll talk more about Dalvin Cook when I get to him in my rankings. I think kind of the difference here is that I like to lean for a bit more safety. And again, I consider wide receiver safety. So I had Jamar Chase six. I have Steph Diggs at seventh overall. Steph Diggs had 103 catches, 1,225 yards, 10 touchdowns last season, and still was like kind of a disappointment relative to his role. Like his role was unbelievable on an unbelievable passing offense. And like, yeah, he just didn't have hardly any spike weeks, which is not great for DFS and not great for best ball. I mean, Steph Diggs only had two 100-yard games all year and only one multi-touchdown game. But I feel like that's, the floor like there's absolutely nothing in Steph Diggs tape or his underlying usage metrics that suggests that Steph Diggs shouldn't be having absolutely massive weeks and so given that we know how Buffalo wants to play that Steph Diggs is still only 28 years old I think last year will be kind of the floor and we'll get a fistful of those absolutely nuclear games the issue is really price for me on Steph Diggs like I think in the past because fantasy football was more sophisticated uh, before fantasy football was more sophisticated guys who had kind of mad years at the wide receiver position you know, wouldn't be going eighth overall like Steph Diggs is currently going on underdog. So we're certainly not getting a discount, but I do have Steph Diggs at seventh overall. I think the market is correct on continuing to stay high on him. Evan, who do you have at seventh overall? Hey guys, it's Adam jumping in here with a late edit. We recorded this podcast on July 26th in the morning before the news that Julio Jones had signed with the Bucks, and before the news that Chris Godwin would be active to start camp. Since then, Silva has moved Mike Evans to number 12 overall. Sorry for the premature recording. We'll be back soon to discuss all the fallout from week one of NFL training camp. Mike Evans, number seven oh, overall. Baby. Yeah. Um, I think Mike Evans is a Hall of Fame player. And I think that this is going to be the year where everybody just starts to kind of sign off on that because, you know, that buzz hasn't really started to started to creep up. Uh, but you look at the severely reduced target competition in Tampa Bay. He's got 20 touchdown upside this year with no Gronk. Um, Chris Godwin, very questionable for week one, although there have been more positive reports about Chris Godwin lately. And we were, I was talking about Leone actually uh, this morning, talking with Leone this morning about Chris Godwin and how it might be time to start moving him up because we want to start drafting him. But th- this is about this is a Mike Evans year, man. 27 touchdowns over his last two seasons. Dude was born. He was put on this planet to score touchdowns. We saw, I'm old enough to remember when Mike Evans was a creation of Johnny Manziel. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that time has shown uh, that it was the other way around. Um, and, you know, they, 
Tom Brady and Mike Evans really rift in their first season together. And I, I only expect it to, to grow from here. This dude, is, I mean, he's got to be the odds on favorite to, to lead the NFL in receiving touchdowns this year. Yeah, you know, I don't have Mike Evans in my top 12 at all. And I think he, I considered him at 12th overall, you know, 13, 14 range, I think is more than fine. I, I guess I'm not exactly sure why. I guess it's because I can't really get my head around Mike Evans being like a load bearing wide out where he runs a lot of, he gets a lot of easy passes. I just mm -hmm. always picture him contested down mm -hmm. the field, but you certainly make a lot of great points about scoring touchdowns in the target competition. And, you know, Tom Brady didn't come back to, hand the ball off a bunch of times, they're still going to be among the league leaders in pass rate over expectation, I think. So mm -hmm. it's certainly hot, but uh, I dig it. Well, I'll tell you what, and you know, this is a good reminder that if you're trying to use the top 150 to draft, you do need to pay attention to ADP. Yep. You don't need to take Mike Evans in the sec in the first round because you know what? You could get him every time in the second round. Until this um, podcast comes out. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> um, okay. Number eight for me is Dalvin Cook. Evan already gave his take on Dalvin Cook. I, I would just add that, man, I know he's been banged up. He's missed at least two games and parts of others every single year of his career. But when he plays, I mean, he can carry a workload, like 21, 22 carries and four targets. You can just like bank it. I, I think the downside on Dalvin Cook is, as Evan mentioned, it's the new staff. And maybe they think that we don't want to play Dalvin Cook at the same rate give him the same snaps as the previous regime gave him. And we know that Alexander Madison is good. So I think there's some fragility there in coaching change. But man, I, you know, I still have him eighth overall. I'm still fine betting on talent and role with Dalvin Cook. I just don't have him as high as Evan due to the fragility in the coaching change. That's pretty much it. But yeah, who do you have at eighth overall, Evan? Travis Kelsey. And, you know, I, I have to admit that it's possible that some bias seeps in. I, I like to talk about potential biases rather than pretend that they don't exist. It's possible that I have some bias that seeps in with regard to Travis Kelsey because they play a lot of FFPC, mm -hmm. which is tight end premium. Mm -hmm. And my God, you know, I just smashing the button on Travis Kelsey anytime I possibly can in FFPC and super excited to do so. I know yeah, that, that real quick for people who don't know, tight end premium means you get 1.5 points per reception yeah. if the reception is made by a tight end. But go ahead. The passing game is going to revolve around Travis Kelsey. As we saw in the playoffs last year, like Mahomes and Kelsey do not even have to, you know, Kelsey doesn't have to even run the designed pass routes in the offense for them to riff, you know, and now we've got, and we're talking about McCall Hardman. And look, I, I like some of these guys as late picks. Okay. But McCall Hardman, who's been highly inconsistent to be kind so far, Marquez Valdez Scantling, who's a one trick pony. Um, Sky Moore, who's a second round pick out of Western Michigan. And look, I, there's appeal to all those guys, but these are the guys we're talking about as the new receiver core in Kansas City. And Kelsey out there, they can go play, Mahomes and Kelsey can go play basketball out there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're, they're like Pippen and Jordan, baby. And um, <laughs> I, I, I want to get, uh, <laughs> I, I just started watching uh, the, rewatching the, the last dance and I just, I want to get Kelsey on my team. Yeah. All right. I'll give my Kelsey take in a minute here when I get to him. Number nine, you know, we start to get into spots here where, like, I don't even love what I have back here. And maybe I'll do some stuff with Mike Evans and I'll think about more and think about making some changes before the end of August. But ninth right now, I do have Devontae Adams. And, and let me be clear. I do think Devontae Adams will be worse as a Las Vegas Raider 
than he was in Green Bay, like significantly worse because we know the comp- target competition is way stiffer. They have Darren Waller. They have Hunter Renfro. And we also know, I think, that the, the goal line role that Devontae Adams had in Green Bay is unlikely to be there. But the offense in Las Vegas projects to run far more plays than the one in Green Bay. Last year, Vegas was 12th in plays per game. I think that could rise. Green Bay was 18th in plays per game last year. I think that could fall. And the Derek Carr chemistry should be there pretty quickly. Obviously, it's been a long time since they played together. but They know each other very well. But really, it's just Devontae Adams' talent, man. I mean, he just appears to be unstoppable in one-on-one coverage in terms of getting open. And so I think the floor is pretty high on Devontae Adams. I think the touchdown ceiling is lower than it's been in the past. The yardage ceiling is lower than it's been in the past, but I'm fine with the safety of Devontae Adams in the back end of round one. I'm certainly not like running to the podium to turn the card in though. That's for sure for a lot of the reasons that we've talked about and I mentioned here. But yeah, I do have ninth right now. I hope that something happens in preseason where I can kind of knock him down some more. Evan, go ahead with your number nine guy. I have Jamar Chase at number nine. And right now, you know, and I hate this, but if you're using the rankings, you're not going to get Jamar Chase. Yep. Because his ADP is like five. Yep. And I have him at nine. And I mean, I love Jamar Chase. Maybe I should just move him up because I don't know. I, I might move him ahead of uh, Evans and, and Kelsey. I, I might, I might very well do that. But I think I, I still like uh, Mike Evans' touchdown projection way better than Jamar Chase. And Jamar Chase is going to score plenty. I just, I don't think he could score 20. And I think Mike Evans could legit score 20. I think Kelsey could score like 15 yeah. based on their situations. Um, just turned 22, 14 touchdowns in 21 games, including playoffs as a rookie. Dude is a highlight real talent. I mean, the way that he accelerated after the catch as a rookie just st- just stood out to me. I mean, he just, he just, he just ran by guys. You know, and he's a really fun player to watch. And I, I, I'm very optimistic about the continued ascension of the Cincinnati passing game. And I, I'm probably going to I'm probably going to have to move him up. I mean, at least to at least to number seven. All right. Well, let me give you a Kelsey versus Jamar Chase day because my number 10 player in my rankings is Travis Kelsey. And I know that's a bit lower than market. And I know that Tyreek Hill is gone. It creates just this massive hole, massive opportunity. I would note that in the four games Tyreek Hill missed, in 2019, Kelsey's targets per game only went up by 0.3. His yards per game went up by 12. His PPR points per game went up by 0.7. I, I do think it's a boost. But Travis Kelsey is also, 30, also 32 years old now. We saw his yards per route run start to decline over the last couple of years. He had six games last year, Travis Kelsey did, with 34 or fewer receiving yards. Six times 34 or fewer receiving yards. That's a little bit scary to me. So I, I do think there's some risk here. I think there's more risk in Travis Kelsey kind of falling off a cliff than maybe Evan does or other people do. But due to position scarcity and just wanting to like bet on Mahomes and bet on the chemistry there, I still have Travis Kelsey 10th overall. And there's probably some leagues where I'd still get him. Certainly not tight end premium, but there's probably still some leagues where I'd still get Travis Kelsey at 10th overall. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I yeah. think he goes early second round in non-tight end, like, you know, standard. Yeah, certainly depends on the draft. Yeah, I've seen yeah. it be pretty volatile back here. Because as you can tell, Evan and I have some pretty big disparities here. And there's going to be a lot of volatility in the back end of this first round, at least for now. All right, go ahead with your 10th, Evan. Steph Diggs at number 10. I'm still ahead of ADP. I mean, his ADP is like 12, 13. People, I guess, are a little bit shook. I mean, they just got, they, you know, I people just got like, I just, I think people got spoiled by the 2020 season. 
Steph Diggs comes back. Well, he, had, he had 100. I mean, he averaged seven catches and 80. Oh, over his last two seasons, he's averaged seven catches and 84 yards per game since joining the Bills. Last year, he did not have as many big games. So, you know, from a DFS standpoint, he was lar- he was he was underwhelming. Yep. Um, but the target competition has lessened this year. No Cole Beasley, no Emmanuel Sanders. They accounted for 184 targets last year. And I know that a lot of people like Gabe Davis. I like Gabe Davis. But what if Gabe Davis isn't very good? Because Matt Harmon has shown us that Gabe Davis, not the best route runner. Um, we know Steph Diggs can run routes. And so I think he bounces back strong. I, I, I love taking him at the end of the first round. And you can get him there. Uh, I have him at number 10 overall. Yeah, it, on, on I was looking at underdog ADP, and that's very wide receiver heavy there. And underdog ADP is at 8.2 on Steph Diggs. But I agree with you that in home leagues and other type of formats, certainly you'll be able to get Steph Diggs hopefully a little bit later. All right. 11th overall for me is DeAndre Swift. I, I think the Lions, as I've been vocal about, I think the Lions will be competitive slash good slash better at a minimum this season, which in other words, I think they'll be in the red zone more. And I think Swift will be in the Eckler type role, you know, not the CMC role because Jamal Williams is still going to play running back for the Lions and play plenty, but the Eckler role, you know, an underrated red zone role, every passing down snap and just being an elite pass catcher. I mean, DeAndre Swift, 6.0 targets per game last season, and he has an 80% catch rate in his career. I mean, it's just wild. So, and also like note that Swift, even though the Lions were so bad last year, DeAndre Swift still averaged 98 yards from scrimmage per game. I think the Lions will have one of the NFL's best offensive lines this year. We'll talk to Thorne about that soon. But yeah, it just it, the way I like my running backs to play fits DeAndre Swift so, so, so perfectly. I think it's a really, really clean setup for DeAndre Swift. I know you could get him in the third round when this process started. Maybe thanks to people like us that now you need to use a early second round pick to get him. But I still think he's worth it. I have him at 11th overall. So do I. Okay. So do I. Um, And I started to see him. I mean, you know, I I know his ADP is still technically like in the second round. Like I've started to see him go in the the late first. And and I mean, I I get it. I get it. He's a dynamic space in space playmaker. He's got 12 touchdowns and 82 catches over his last 18 games. I mean, I, and I think he's got a lot of room for growth. I mean, I think he's got growth potential this year. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about DeAndre Swift, number 11 overall. All right, for 12, the last one we're going to do today, I really struggled with this, man. You know, and I, after hearing Evan, I might make a change to this. But right now I have Derrick Henry. And, you know, the question for me is like, when will the outlier Derrick Henry, when will the outlier performances come to an end because if you think that there's even like a chance that he uh can no longer handle 25 carries a game without getting hurt that he can't break off 80 yard runs regularly that maybe this team won't commit to the run when they're down 14 in this version team maybe Malik Willis gets in there and that's worse for Derrick Henry I mean you know you can make a lot of cases in it and for me to drop him out like there's a lot of good options Mike Evans CeeDee Lamb Najee Harris Joe Mixon like to me you can make a case for all those guys here at 12th overall, I guess what I'm kind of saying though is by having him 12th overall, I never get him because like his ADP, even on underdog, which is so wide receiver happy, Derrick Henry's ADP is 7.9. I mean, people love drafting Derrick Henry. So I just don't think I'm going to be getting much, if any, Derrick Henry this year, uh, period. And by having him 12th overall, you know, it's almost a guarantee I won't be getting very much of him. Yeah. Who do you have at 12, Evan? Derrick Henry. <laughs> oh, boy. 
Um, yeah, and his ADP right now is like five or four, you know, between four and five. So people are drafting him like, you know, nothing, nothing has really changed. I mean, he's going to end up on, on the shy away list again this year, yeah. which wound up working out okay last year. But God almighty, that was an adventure uh, in the first eight games. You know, that was, that was painful. They, they, they started throwing him the ball a little bit. Yeah. You know, um, but I, I also wonder, you know, when is the Titans luck going to run out? You know, they were like the worst number one seed uh, in, in NFL history last year. They have definitely outkicked their like um, Pythagorean stuff under mm-hmm. Mike Vrabel. I mean, I and I, I credit Mike Vrabel. I, I think he's a good coach, but I don't think they're like a like a, an extraordinarily talented team. I mean, I think that they're maybe middle of the road in talent. Maybe even like more toward you know number twenty across the league, and and he and Derrick Henry needs positive game script. I mean, he very much benefits from that. Um, I don't know. He's going to end up on the shy way. Yeah, that's what's happening. Yeah, I mean, and it, certainly it's part of it. You know, to say a guy who has had this much work over his career is more likely to get hurt, and like yeah. that's the argument that for Christian McCaffrey too. And, and like I understand that it can't go both ways. We can't say well. You're a condom drafter about Christian McCaffrey, but you're not because Derrick Henry is likely to get hurt. Like, I just think there's more risk factors than just injury on on Henry. Whereas on Christian McCaffrey, like we know if he's healthy, it's just he's going to be the best running back. Period. Yeah, I mean, and with Derrick Henry, one stat that I, I looked at um, or that I, I you know noticed when I was doing the Titans team preview is that this dude has over two thousand carries over his last seven seasons uh, as a as a football player. Yeah, I mean, he had like four hundred thirty carries or something like that. Um, some ridiculous number, uh, his final season in Alabama. Right. And he's been a massive workhorse ever since. So, um, and, you know, I, I, he, he's largely stayed healthy, but last year he showed that he was human. And, um, again, I, I, I'm not going to be getting any Derrick Henry this year. All right. That is going to do it for our round one player by player rankings. Hope you guys enjoyed this we're going to do a round two version look for that coming out next week be sure you're subscribed anywhere you can find this podcast spotify itunes also be sure you're subscribed on youtube on youtube we are doing content that is not available on this audio feed so be sure you're headed to the establish the run youtube hit subscribe there helps us out a lot for evan for Percy luke i am adam good luck everybody mm-hmm.